You are now listening to Sanity at the Movies. Hey, everybody. We are in the car right now. Oh, watch out for the bump bed. Oh, I, I saw it. I just I like I like bumps. You like bumps? I like going fast over bumps. Yeah. Damaging to your car, to the people that drive in it. A little bit nauseating for poor Jake, who's turned about three different shades of green right now. Well. <sighs> the Jake in question, of course, Pastor Jacob Menzel. How you doing, Jake? I am uh, ready to be at the movie palace. Well, I should just be past the house with the chickens, Ben. Well, that's what you guys always say. It's never helpful, but whatever. (laughs) I'll try to watch out for it again. (laughs) All right, guys. We are on our way to see a classic film, one of my favorites i'm not ashamed to admit i don't think i'm not ashamed to admit it's a classic it's a classic it's playing at the sanityville movie palace today and we are on our way this movie r of the la what do you suppose that stands for ben mm, runners of the the <laughs> that's right raiders of the lost ark now before we get there let me just talk a little bit about this movie this came out in 81 and is directed by Mr. Steven Spielberg, produced by Mr. George Lucas. It is a very popular action-adventure film. I think everyone's pretty familiar with Indiana Jones, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it up front. Basically, the story is that... Oh, I can do this one. Yeah, tell the story, Jake. George Lucas had just released Star Wars, decided to... uh bounced to Hawaii with his buddy Steven Spielberg places. Spielberg, by the way, on vacation from working on Close Encounters Close of the Encounters Third Kind. Close is what I was going to yep. guess, yeah. And so they're there, and at some point, Spielberg is like, man, I really wish I could do a James Bond film. I'd love to take over James Bond. And Lucas is like, yeah, that's never going to happen. And Spielberg's like, yeah, I know that's never going to happen. And Lucas is like, I've got this great idea, though, for a Bond-like character. Indiana Smith. They got to talking about it, and they conspired to do Indiana Smith, except Spielberg wisely got the name changed from Smith to Jones. Smith to Jones is one of those things, like the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between lightning and a lightning bug, as Mark Twain said. Would he be as big of a hit if he was Indiana Smith? Would we all just don't accept so. Indiana Smith? I don't know. I think Indiana Jones was the way to go. Spielberg was pretty famous for going over budget at the time. Yeah, Jaws had been in a nightmare to make, and some of his other films had been nightmares to make. And the movie industry really wasn't doing well at all at the time, right? Like, well, this was right at, at this was right at the time that Star Wars was hitting. So the blockbuster revolution was about to Star Wars changed the game. About to change the game, change the industry, take us out of the auteur sort of personal vision gritty 70s and into the big blockbuster 80s that we all grew up with and knew and know and love so Spielberg was kind of known for going over budget for going over going over schedule and he had to promise to do the movie for pretty cheap and to do the movie pretty fast and Spielberg has always said that that was good for the movie and he's never gone over budget or under schedule or over schedule since he's known for being a very efficient economical director that's like his thing now he cranks out these movies even though he's in his 70s because he's got a a great team and b he's just very very efficient but this was the movie that he learned to be efficient on and he just said you know we're not going to do 14 takes this is an this is a pulp adventure movie it's better if we do two takes and there's certain things that may have been cleaned up for the blu-rays but if you watch the movies in their original form you know you can see the strings in some places you can see the, the one that i always like there's two that are really noticeable when he falls into the well of souls there there's obviously a pane of glass the lightning strikes and you can see the glass between him and the big cobra and then when the, the really funny one is when they're getting out of the well of souls he pushes the brick or whatever out of the pyramid and it falls and you can see the shadow you can see it just bouncing Bounce, yeah. um, <laughs> which takes you out of it just a little bit one of those things where once you've seen it you never unsee it but um this is based on the old 90, uh serials from the first half of the century there would be these movies that would actually show they just show a little 20 minute chunk or half an hour chunk in the theater and you'd go and you'd pay your dime and you'd watch you know the adventure the perils of pauline you know a lot of the tropes women being tied to train tracks and all these kinds of stuff cowboys and indians just the kind of fun adventure stuff that not so much our generation but the generation right before us grew up with came from these 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 pulpy kind of adventure serials and spielberg 
Spielberg had the grand idea of repurposing the sci-fi Buck Rogers kind of stuff as Star Wars and the other equally grand idea of uh, taking the other strain, the kind of adventurer, explorers, men's life magazine, pulp magazine kind of hero, two-fisted hero. And Did you say Spielberg had the idea? No, no, no I'm sorry. Okay. Lucas had the idea to, of, of repurposing that and just doing it bigger and better and doing the version that you always imagined. A good way to think about the work of Lucas and of Steven Spielberg is that when they were kids, they had to go and see these dopey black and white terrible movies that really fired their imaginations, but actually weren't that good, had chintzy, bad special effects, mm-hmm. bad acting. And so their genius was, let's just do the exact same thing, but let's actually let's capture everything we loved about these as kids that made us willing to look overlook all the cheesy script writing and special effects. Right. And then let's do the awesome version of let's, that. Yeah, let's actually do, I, I think it's what, it's what some of, at their best, the new Star Wars movies, the post-George Lucas Star Wars movies can sometimes have this feeling. They generally, unfortunately don't, but at their best, they can kind of feel like, oh, here's a generation that actually grew up with Star Wars and they were always imagining their own stories and playing with the action figures. Now here's what they want to see. Oh, it's Darth Vader. He's coming down a hallway. He's killing lots of guys. It's awesome. Oh, so cool. We always wanted to see that and George Lucas never, yeah, they just did these movies and if you watch any adventure movie there's a lot of great adventure movies all through the cinemas you know arguably the best place for action and adventure it's more fun to watch someone punch someone and jump onto a train than it is to read about it i would say there's been a lot of great adventure movies ever since you know buster keaton's the general we could talk about all kinds of stuff but indiana jones is just like like if you watch those old james bond movies they're so boring like it takes so long to get to the next big scene and it's like you go to the He's in Paris, so we're just going to see five shots of Paris that are just going to hold for a while because people didn't have the internet, so they couldn't actually see Paris. So they were just like, oh, cool. It's fun to see James Bond walk through Paris, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, I'm not trying to look down on people from back then for having more for of not a, having more, the internet. Yeah, for not having the internet and for having longer attention spans than we do. But you see Indiana Jones, and it's still exciting today, and it's really fast-paced, and there's like, what? 10 big actions set pieces big special effects set pieces in that movie it's like one i mean it's just one after another one after yeah yeah yeah. it's it's one little set piece to the next with just like tiny breathers in between and we're used to that now that that pace i think i think arguably the thing that spielberg really gave the movies and that george lucas gave the movies with him was that pace that we're not gonna there's gonna be something in every reel there's gonna be something big and exciting you know you you go and watch uh, some old movie like spartacus and it's like well here's the big battle scene or ben-hur perfect example ben-hur it's got the chariot race it's got the big boat scene it's got maybe one other thing those are the exciting parts those are the parts that little boys are waiting for and that's maybe a half an hour of a two or three or four hour movie that's not so for mr spielberg and mr lucas they're going to give you a 10 of those things and they're going to come right on top of it and you're never going to have a chance to catch your breath harrison ford plays indiana jones he's pretty important sure enough he's pretty cool I'm sure a lot of people know this trivia, but Tom Selleck originally cast. You can see, you can find screen tests on YouTube of Tom Selleck doing it. Tom Selleck was set, but then the the people that had his contract on uh, Magnum PI said, no, we need Tom for this. It got picked up. We're going to do Magnum PI. So he went and did Magnum PI. They got Harrison Ford to play Indiana Jones and Wait, the rest. Do, do you guys think Tom Selleck would have been a good Indiana Jones? I can see it. It's interesting to think of. I can see him being an interesting Indiana Jones. I can't quite see him being, I don't it, know, maybe things just, just be turn different. around. Yeah. It'd it would be different. Be different. Maybe, maybe we are looking at Tom Selleck today the way that we look at Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford's this nobody that played Han Solo one time, kind of yeah. like Mark Hamill. Yeah. Um, no offense, Mark Hamill. I know you'd great and did lots of great voice work and blah, blah, blah. He did Quigley Down Under, which has a vaguely, I don't know, has some of that feeling to I it. I like Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, to me, I, I think it's a miss, and I think it's because Tom Selleck just does not have the innate charisma Harrison Ford. Ford. Harrison Ford just has a magnetic force to his personality. You really, really, really want to watch Harrison Ford. It, it might be mm-hmm. fine. It might be a good movie, but I don't think it actually does the same power, the same weight, the same whatever. Indiana Jones is not as beloved if it's Tom Selleck. That's just my theory. Who knows? Hey, you made it. You, you got us to the theater, yeah, Ben. I always do eventually. Let's go on inside. All right, here we are in line. Jake needs his... What are you getting, Jake? Your Swedish fish? Swedish fish. Oh, it's the Swedish fish. Ben needs his... Uh, milk duds. Yep, yep, and I need my cookie dough bites. Gotta love the cookie dough bites. Guys, why are we watching this film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, in the fine month of September? Obviously, it's playing in the Sanityville Theater, but why did we feel it was worth a trip? 
September is for Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And so we picked a Spielberg classic because it's fun. And I don't really... And our listeners who don't have access to the Sanityville uh, mm-hmm. Movie Palace, for those fine folks, it's available on Prime right now for free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to make an argument for its importance, I don't think... I don't think we have to. I think sometimes on Sanity, in, uh, Sound of Sanity, we can just go watch a movie because it's fun to talk about. But if you want to say it's important, I think it's very important. You don't have Marvel without it. You don't You don't have most of the movies we talk about without Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is a vastly influential film just in the terms of setting the standard for what action cinema, for what the pacing of modern movies, for yeah. what a blockbuster actually looks like. This is the movie, mm-hmm. I think even more than Star Wars, that really, really, really just did it. Like, this is the... Every action movie, every adventure movie. And every movie. action movie that you hate from the 90s and early 2000s owes its existence to this film. Yeah. The, the, huh. As much as the ones that you love today that yeah. you love. The destruction of the in- industry. You, you watch Lord of the Rings and you don't like it because it's just action and it doesn't actually capture what was special about Tolkien. Guess whose fault it is? Peter Jackson's yes, but who who is he ripping off actually? Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Yep. This this set the template for what a big money-making movie is supposed to do and they people are still following it to this day sometimes very effectively, sometimes not so much. Um, effectively, see the Mission Impossible series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We're up in line. Oh, hiya, fellas. How you doing? Uh, what can I get you today? My, the regular. Uh, I, I, I'm really sorry, Mr. Alverson. I, I, my memory's going a little fuzzy on me. I didn't sleep a whole lot last night. What's your What's your regular thing? Uh, cookie dough bites. I get that. We come here like every week. Of course, of course. A cookie dough bites. Uh, here, here you go. Sure. Oh, is, is everything okay? Here you go. Oh, yeah, everything's just fine. <laughs> it's just fine, Mr. Alberson. It's a, it's a beautiful day outside. In- Indiana Jones is playing inside. What could be what could be wrong with the world? I just didn't sleep that great. That's all. Thanks for the cookie dough bites. You guys, you guys enjoy your movie. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna go to a. We're, we're gonna go watch the movie. We'll be back in a little bit. I'm sure there'll be a nice interstitial segment for people to listen to while we do that not sure exactly what's coming up but uh let's go see the movie hey guys yeah all right all right we'll be right back after this hello everybody and welcome to the popcorn coalition coming to you from the first church of sanityville i'm pastor kevin and i'm pastor evan and I'm Pastor Stu. And today we're talking about probably the best movie ever to feature Nazis, although I still haven't seen the new Netflix documentary on Trump. Oh, Kevin, can I interrupt you right there to say Nazis? So very evil. Thank you, Evan. It needed to be said. It needed to be said. But this movie is not just about Nazis. It's about monkey Nazis. And not just about monkey Nazis, but other elements as well. Such as redemptive sacrifice. That's right, Pastor Evan. But now that you've mentioned the redemptive sacrifice, people will know which movie we're talking about. Allow me to say that Indiana Jones is the living manifestation of redemptive sacrifice in cinema. He's right up there with Chris Pratt from Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Isn't all the world, Jurassic or otherwise, a fallen kingdom? So true, Pastor Evan, but Professor Indiana Jones, he gives and gives and gives some more. He constantly risks his life, fights snakes, and rescues the woman he loves. Fight the snake, rescue the woman. Fight the snake, rescue the woman. It's like the whole story of redemption in a nutshell. Fight the snake, rescue the woman. Such an original way to state the story of redemption. Fight the snake, rescue the woman. Yes, I can see myself using that metaphor again and again and again. Fight the snake, rescue the woman. No one will ever get tired of that. And let's just talk about the dog in the movie and the adorable hat he wore. Dog? Evan, what uh, what, what movie did you watch? Well, Indiana Bones and Raiders of the Lost Bark? Pastor Evan... The movie you were supposed to watch was Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, I must have misread your memo, Pastor Kevin. But in my defense, Indiana Bones is a wonderful film in its own right. It's only five minutes long. And the little dog in the fedora is simply adorable. Or should I say, fedorable. Pastor Evan, I fear that you have unwittingly replaced the golden idol of great adventure movies with a bag of sand. And the temple of cinema is crashing down around your ears. But there's still hope, Evan. Hope and redemption, because you live in community with us. 
That's very true, Kevin. Indiana Jones is also about the power of community. Just like Sala saves Indy from the assassin, we are here to snatch the poison date of public failure out of Pastor Evan's hands. When Sala says bad dates, I couldn't help but think about romantic relationships and how a bad date can be poison to them. Oh, oh brothers, <laughs> as a single man devoted to the ministry, I wouldn't know anything about bad dates. Here's your coffee, guys. Hello, new intern. Hi, Ricky. Ricky, why, thank you so much. Now, do try to remember, Ricky, that we don't open the studio door when the red light is on, do we? I forgot. It won't happen again. Of course it won't. Pastor Evan, you're closest to the door. Would you mind locking it? Just so we don't have another accident. Listeners, you're so kind to bear with us through our little hiccups. Does Indiana Jones have a fedorable hat? The most fedorable hat there is. A fedora. Pastors, pastors, I think our main point is starting to get carried away in a basket through the marketplace of ideas. In this movie, Indiana Jones has an unconscious understanding of right and wrong, good and evil, God and the devil, redemptive sacrifice. That's why he's able to be a true hero. Redemptive sacrifice, hidden away in the human heart, like a secret chamber hidden in the desert sand. Redemptive sacrifice, fighting its way through these movies to stand bloodied and triumphant while the credits roll. Is there a more biblical movie than Raiders of the Lost Ark? Well, of course, my favorite part of the movie is the ending, when divine wrath is poured out on those conflating a sacred thing with cheap, human treasure. Do you fellas reckon there's a lesson somewhere in there, even for us in the Popcorn Coalition? Yeah, obviously no. Dumb question. Don't be a Nazi, maybe? Yeah, that's a good lesson. Don't be a Nazi. I hate those guys. Until next time, listener, this is the Popcorn Coalition, hoping your movie-watching experience gets butter and butter. All right, guys. Well, there we are in the parking lot. I guess we didn't even say before we went in. We usually try and remember to say this kind of thing. We've all seen Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark before. Oh, of course. More times than I know. Yeah. I grew up I, watching it. I grew up with this movie. I saw Last Crusade first. I, and as a kid, I just thought that movie was amazing. I thought it was hilarious. I remember laughing at every joke. I remember being so, like, barely able to sit down in my seat, the adrenaline pumping. Last Crusade was just the best movie watching experience I ever had. And then I remember Raiders of the Lost Ark we watched after that. I don't think I was allowed to watch Temple of Doom when I was young for obvious reasons, if you know Temple of Doom. But we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and it felt like a little bit bit of a letdown since that time it's become one of my favorite movies i think it's better than last crusade by a long shot but as a kid it didn't quite do it for me the way that i expected it to but yeah i love raiders of the lost ark so that's my history with the franchise i don't remember life without indiana jones mm-hmm. i don't remember seeing one of them first or second or third i did watch them all as a kid there are things about Temple of Doom I liked, I like short round, and there were things that just I hated. I really was not a big fan of Temple of Doom, but yeah, Last Crusade was always one of my favorite films growing up. Just so much fun and funny, and I think I had a similar experience as you, where as I grew up, I decided that Raiders was actually really great. Last Crusade sold a special place in my heart. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Ben, what uh, baggage did you bring to this movie? Yeah, like I said, I grew up watching it. Watched it a lot. Watched Last Crusade too. I still haven't ever seen Temple of Doom. you never seen Temple of Doom. I don't care very much. No, I've seen bits of it now. But I wasn't allowed to watch it either. I, I remember it you being... You don't care, though? Not really. Have you seen Crystal Skull? Yeah. So you've seen Crystal Skull, but not Temple of Doom? Yeah, I mean, Crystal Skull just, was coming out. We just, just fill in the hole. It's actually... It's got some really great things. We're, we're going to talk about that in a minute, All right. uh, actually. You guys want to go to Dinkies? You want to go to... I think we should go to Dinkies after an Indiana Jones movie. It's like, you know, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. And yeah. you, you kind of want to go to the... And the Dinkies is like classic cream. Americana. And right, so is right. Indiana Jones. And so yeah. is Indiana Jones. That's you need right. You go right. get a root beer float or a <laughs> yeah, banana a split. Banana split, for crying out loud. Like Never that. had a banana split. Me don't neither. care to have don't a banana really split. But They're delicious, man. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. That's really stupid. I'm going to get a 
whatever Dinky's version of a cyclone is. That's what I like to get. Uh, I'm going to get a malt. I, just, I like malted stuff. I like malted stuff too. All right, here we are at Dinky's Diner. All right, guys, well, you know how it works. The way we like to have these discussions is we do a little thing called movie fight. Let me just get out the, the movie fight timer here and put it on the table. Here's how this works. I have a series of battles that we are going to fight, randomly assigned. Like for example, well, Ben Ben would have to argue that Indiana Jones was great, and Jake would have to argue that it was stupid. We'd give them each a minute, and we'd time them with the movie timer, the movie fight timer. Then we're done, and I make a judgment. Even oh, though I, I also participate in this thing, so I'm a very <laughs> uh, biased judge. But yeah, so for our first battle, we're gonna do Indiana Jones is a good hero, versus Indiana Jones is a lousy hero. All right. Then I'm going to have you argue that Indiana Jones is a good hero. Jake, I'm going to have you argue that Indiana Jones is a lousy hero. Okay. All right. Ben, I'm, I'm going to set the timer and one, two, three, go. All right. Well, Indiana Jones is pretty great as a hero, as everyone knows. He's, uh, he's ingenious. He's smart. He's scrappy. He's the one who has the insight into how to, like, get through the cursed tomb where other people get stabbed or shot by barbs that come when you step on that tile that you shouldn't step on. Indiana Jones can figure all of that stuff out. He can survive even if the traps do get activated. He can survive just about anything. He can figure out when a guy's about to betray him. He can he can deal with... Sorry, he can survive just about anything. He survived a nuclear bomb. Oh, I forgot about that, actually. I was <laughs> that thinking of Crystal was Skull. I'm, I'm trying to just think about, like, raiders, not Crystal Skull. Good grief. Yeah, he did survive a nuclear blast. And he's just he just never stops going. And that's what makes him a great hero, is that no matter what the situation is, he never gives up. And he always finds just what he needs to do to survive, even if he's facing a tougher opponent. In that sense, he's like Jackie Chan, or maybe Jackie Chan is like Indiana Jones. Time. All right, Jake... With the rebuttal, on your mark, get set, go. Indiana Jones is a godless man who, uh, well, he, why are you smirking? Indiana Jones has no compunction of conscience. Conscience. He sleeps with who he wants to sleep with. He kills who he wants to kill. Uh, if they're in his way, they're evil, and therefore he can throw them off a boat or pull out his gun and shoot them or throw them off a cliff or throw him under uh, a moving vehicle and speed up. It doesn't matter. He just does, he's a completely Machiavellian, you know, ends justify the means. He does what he wants to do and he's the only person that matters and anybody he decides to care about. The only, and and the piece that must belong in a museum. That's, that's his great moral compass is that it's ancient, therefore it belongs in a museum. So he doesn't really have, just because he happens to be lined up against the Nazis uh, doesn't make him a good guy. And so, Indiana Jones, not a great guy. <laughs> Time. <laughs> wow, you just addressed that on such a different level than I was even considering. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, I didn't know how else to come at it. Man. <laughs> I just, well, Ben, you make a fair point, which is that Indiana Jones is a very ingenious, resourceful, energizer bunny of a hero. <laughs> and Jake, you make a good point, which is Indiana Jones is a rather amoral fellow. Unscrupulous. Unscrupulous. It does help that he's fighting the Nazis or evil Tuggy, thuggy, however you say those, the, the guys in the, uh, whatever, whatever in the, the cult is in Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah. That he's always against someone that you just feel. Is patently evil. Yeah, it's just like nobody's going to feel all that bad. I, I will say, I don't know, you guys didn't really even argue with each other. You both no. chose to interpret the question we... in wildly different ways. <laughs> That's why I was smiling. I was like, what? <laughs> and, and you're both absolutely right. I mean, I think, uh, okay. I mean, I we, 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 we definitely totally agree with Ben that Indiana Jones is awesome. He as a is, hero in fact, and all, smart all the and ways. resourceful. And... It's that thing of he's just going to keep going. He's, you know, he's going to get Wayne battered kind of, and, and bruised. Know. And but he has that really wry sense of humor about it, too, the kind of just Harrison Ford is going to smile to himself almost you can almost see Harrison Ford smiling out almost not quite but almost meta kind of a way always commenting with his facial expressions on Indiana Jones and how unlikely this these circumstances are and how ridiculous yeah. it all is and how you know oh here I go again kind of mm -hmm. thing which is very charming which is one of the things that Tom Selleck I don't think would have brought to the part yeah so in that sense totally agree with Ben now as to the question of whether Indiana Jones is in fact a moral and actual hero by by biblical standards <laughs> well I I realized that I had no chance if I was gonna argue like it was a dumb question if I was gonna engage in it on the level of Ben Action which was yeah. like does the movie think that he's a good action hero? Well, sheesh, you know, he... Uh, <laughs> well, and did we as little boys? Yeah, of course. I mean, of course he's awesome. Do, yeah. 
Um, yeah, the music says he's a super awesome hero, and the action says he's an awesome hero, and the fact that he wins says he's an awesome hero, and that he's able to solve all this. There's no way I could even score a point against mm. that. Like, what am I supposed to say? No, he's a terrible hero because he always... Well, so what do we think about the point that you were making, though? Do you agree with yourself? Do you agree with Jake? Do I agree with Jake that he is, Indiana Jones is, in fact, an immoral or amoral, at best, hero? Oh, to some extent, at least. I don't know. It does, like you said, it helps that he's pitched against Nazis or other evil. Yeah, other dude, evil uh, even as a kid, I will say, and I was I was a sensitive kid about these things for some reason. I think I always kind of had, a, for whatever reason, a tender conscience about these sorts of things. I don't know why. In a way that I'd say most kids just don't. I, I often felt bad for the bad guy and felt like the hero was being too mean if the hero wasn't observing all the rules of, oh, you dropped your sword. Let me let you pick that up again so we can continue our duel kind of gentlemanly conduct stuff. But as a kid, I always thought Indiana Jones felt Life life did feel cheap, and it was striking mm. to me how mm. yeah you know I think as a, a kid I processed it on the level of a fairy tale. These are it, the bad guys. These are the bad guys. This is the good guy. It's the good guy versus the world, and the good guy wins. Yeah, but there's always those moments where it's like you could say, "Hey, guy, you just need to move your head so you don't get chewed up by the propeller," but instead you're just gonna end the fight and, and that guy you know he seems like a really nice nazi he just wanted to have a good fist fight um, <laughs> you know i've i always felt bad for that guy he he probably waits around for months until some hero tries to steal something and then he's like he takes off his jacket <laughs> yeah he puts down his, yeah. he's like all right this is my job they hired me just to be the bouncer the nazi bouncer of this airport basically <laughs> finally it's a little action and they then, needed somebody to not carry around the gun and just shoot the hero <laughs> right but to really punish him yeah yeah, yeah. that's my job and i don't often let somebody get that far and then he lets india he knocks and he punches indiana jones and then he lets him stand back up but is indiana jones gonna play by those rules nope he's gonna let that guy get chewed up by a propeller so just little things like that i I wouldn't say they bothered me exactly but i always felt the 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 sort of amorality or the this isn't quite what a hero does of of indiana jones i felt similarly about james bond myth of of american cynical american resourcefulness that you get like an american telling of the revolutionary war is we changed the terms of warfare because we were not so stupid as to go uh, stand up in rows and Mm -hmm. and fire guns at each other but we were smart and resourceful and we used trenches and we did sneak attacks and all this guerrilla warfare stuff and the british telling of of history would be those dishonorable American jerks that didn't have the guts or courage to stand up and face face us face to face and picked us off from the woods picked and us off from the woods like the coward the yellow cowards that they are you know we refused to compromise our principles and more were upright honorable people we lost the war by sticking to our principles and but Spielberg plays right into that sort mm-hmm. of narrative with Indiana Jones of well, this is savvy American. I mean, he's gonna pull out his gun and shoot the guy. Why would he? Yeah, the the guy's gonna end up dead anyway. Let's just save. Some, let's just save everybody some time and have the best joke in the movie. And that part never made me feel bad because it's just such a perfect. I mean, that was the most hilarious thing that ever I had ever seen as a kid. Oh yeah, um, it was the best yep. joke ever. I don't know. I don't think John Wayne would have been quite so mean even to the Nazis. So maybe um, not so cavalier. Yeah. But yeah, there's just something kind he was of pretty mean to the Indians, man. I don't know. I mean, the the violence of those movies always the the violence and the the willfulness with which the violence was dealt out added to the thrill of those movies. I'm not going to pretend like it was. I it was I was all sour grapes of it as as a kid, but I, it was always striking to me, especially those first two. Because Last Crusade is just relatively sanitized compared, and that was the one I started with. So Raiders of the Lost, even even. Of course, once you get to Temple of Doom, that was a famous like schoolyard. You know, I, I hadn't actually seen it when I was a little kid, but everybody knew the guy gets his heart pulled out. Yeah. But then even Raiders of the Lost Ark is a much rougher movie than I think people. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, and you get to that bar scene and some of that mm-hmm. stuff. It's just like, oh, oh this yeah. is this is way more violent than I than you remembered. Yeah. This is from the era. Of course, if people don't know, it's from the era before the PG-13 rating, so it's rated PG, and that's because they had a choice. They had a we could rate this R, we could rate this PG. So you see a lot of weird movies from that era that will have like full frontal nudity or some really intense violence, but will still be like, I don't think, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark might actually get an R today. Things have changed. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to show that level of blood. There's a head that explodes. There's melting. There's, there's a lot of just straight up gore in that movie most PG-13 stuff is a little bit more now along the lines of Marvel where there's a lot of action and some of it's pretty intense, but there's not a lot of blood yeah. or actually bodily if it's, injury. If it's blood, it's alien blood. Right. 
Anyway, so I don't know what else there is to say about that. Is Indiana Jones a good hero or a bad hero? Eh, I kind of agree with Jake's argument, but also he is a classic American hero. And there is there is just that plucky American can-do sort of, you know what, I got to win this one way or another. His superpower is that he doesn't quit. Yeah, and I think it is straight. If you think about the fact that the Roger Moore, James Bond movies were the ones that were going up against Indiana Jones, Roger Moore just kind of sleepwalks through those movies, sort of, hello, I'm Roger Moore, and I'm, <laughs> you know, I just enjoy my life, and I like the ladies, and I occasionally have to kill someone or do a gadget or something. He's just very, there's no real tenacity to Roger Moore. It just kind of feels like he's on a luxury vacation the whole time. <laughs> um, Indiana Jones is a very strikingly um, American, hardworking hero compared to that, which would, would have been the closest comparison for people back then. Well, and that's what Again, that's what he was designed to be, was an American James Bond. Right. Well, I think the British, you know, with Daniel Craig, with Jason Bourne, heroes have kind of gone that direction. People don't really want the old school gentleman hero anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just not, I can't even think of one. Maybe Tony Stark might actually come the closest to that sort of character. And I'm not saying he's even close, but he might be a little bit more. Closest to just sort of being the clean playboy hero. I'm a playboy. I'm laid back. I'm not. I'm in this because... I'm disengaged. All right. Are we ready for the next... Anybody have anything more to say about that before we go on to our next movie, Battle Royale? Nope. All right. Indiana Jones actions have a point versus Indiana Jones actions don't have a point. I'm going to argue that they don't have a point. Ben, I want you to argue that they have a point. What do you mean? They have a point to who? Well, to I'll, who? Go, I'll go first, and that'll, ah. that'll let you see what I... You, so you'll know what you're arguing against. All right. One, two, three, go. All right. Indiana Jones actions have absolutely no point. If he didn't exist, the Nazis would have found the Ark. They would have still got it to their little island. They would have still opened it in a profane manner. The wrath of God would have zapped them all to pieces. And absolutely nothing that Indiana Jones does in the movie uh, actually amounts to much of anything he kills some guys he has some adventures but would the movie would end exactly the same way whether i mean indiana jones has a chance to blow up the ark uh to save marion but he doesn't do it because we're just passing through history but but the ark is history so at every point where indiana jones could actually affect the plot he doesn't affect the plot and the movie's stupid and no one should watch it and I'm just about out of time now. All right, Ben, one, two, three, go. Well, <laughs> Indiana Jones' actions do have a point because they have a point to him and to the viewer. The point of Indiana Jones is not that... The, the point of Indiana Jones is the fight. The point of Indiana Jones is to figure things out and struggle through and be scrappy and that you get to watch him do that. Um, and you get to experience it with him. Actually, what's funny, now that you put it that way, Nathan, is that... <clears throat> You wonder whether uh, that Belloc or whatever would have found that secret chamber without Indiana Jones interfering and finding it for him and the Nazis (laughs) unwittingly. And so in that sense... (laughs) He could be he could be said to have helped the Nazis find the Ark. So maybe the you know history the movie would have ended without the Nazis even finding the Ark yeah. or something like that. Belloc's smart. They would have gotten the medallion and had the missing piece of information. Really? You think so? Here, wait, I'm turning off the timer so we can just have this discussion. Um, <clears throat> Indiana, yeah, no, they, no, no, they were because there. they they go. The reason that they are digging in the wrong place is because they they've made a mold off of uh, the Nazi torture guys hand and they only have one half of it if indiana jones isn't in the picture they just go to marion's bar they kill marion or capture her or whatever mm. they take they have oh. the full medallion yeah, they right. have every bit of information they need they make the right length of staff they dig in the right place they find right, the ark. right right he's right in terms of the ark yeah. yep, indiana yep. jones is just completely neutral he everything he does is entirely impotent Nothing he does matters in terms of the big plot. If the plot is about are the Nazis going to get the arc and change the course of history is entirely moot. He has nothing to do with any of it. He's just running around getting beat up while all of that plays out the way it was always going to play out and throwing a couple wrenches in. That's that's the argument. Yeah, yeah. And But, but, but what you said is... I said it matters to us. It matters to yeah. His his journey matters to us. Basically, what I think you're saying is the movie's not about that. Who cares? Yeah. What a basically. dumb argument, nerd. Which this is a real argument I was representing. I don't know who. <laughs> it is a real argument. People, that people on the make, people yeah. on the internet like to say this. People on the internet who think that they have because they've had a thought about the plot of the movie for once. Right? Yeah. Just and, and that they've 
discern something and this, this and therefore they've decided that it's stupid yeah. and they're too clever by half. And they, these yeah. people are devoid of all anybody, joy or happiness. Yeah, in their anybody lives. that thinks that Spielberg or Lawrence Kasdan or George Lucas didn't know that that wasn't part of the joke of the movie, right? Is just stupid. I love one of the things that I don't like about Temple of Doom is that it ends with Indiana Jones having a big fight over a rope bridge. It's a cool fight, but it's just what I like about Indiana Jones. And actually, this is a place where I'd say maybe uh, Last Crusade improves a little bit on the formula and that Indiana Jones has agency, but also there's something cool and outside of Indiana Jones and Supernatural happening. But the fun of Raiders of the Lost Ark is that it doesn't matter. That's that's actually one of the big jokes. I think, it's one of, I think it's the big <laughs> joke at yeah. the end of the movie. It doesn't really matter. And what Indiana Jones couldn't do what he fought doggedly and futilely to do mm-hmm. in the in the world of the movie, God did. Mm-hmm. God defeated the Nazis. Right. Didn't need Indiana Jones. Didn't need Indiana Jones to go get beaten up. God did it. Yeah. And that's hilarious. And, and it's, it's a funny joke. It, yeah, it's and it's kind of resonant, actually. I mean, yeah. I don't want to make too much of this. I don't want to be the popcorn coalition here, right. act like the movie has some big thing. But you have to think about it. Uh, what's, what Spielberg or what uh, Roger Ebert said in his great movies re- uh, reassessment of the movie is he just said, everybody talks about this movie as a pulp adventure and stuff. What they don't talk about is Spielberg as a Jewish man, especially as a Jewish kid growing up with Holocaust survivors, being just one generation removed from the whole thing. You know, Schindler's List is his mature artistic statement about the whole thing. But what about the little kid in him? I think the, the the boy in Spielberg made the statement about, let's just make a movie where we have a hero that blows up Nazis, and that's the whole movie. And that's another way to maybe think about the violence. And, is, and let hmm. his fight feel against the Nazis feel as futile as it did for everybody else. And then not the, not the Christian God, but the Hebrew God, Spielberg's yeah. God, so to speak. And I don't know how to talk about this in any other language than what the movie gives us to talk about it. So, Which um, is the way that Spielberg would probably have you. Yeah, yeah. He just shows up and obliterates. Mm, obliterates the Nazis. The Nazis. Yeah, for, for daring mess with him, uh, for thinking that they could mess with what was sacred. So it's a very potent Jewish fairy tale. And uh, you, could argue, you could argue that you could maybe make a case. It doesn't feel this way at all, and it would never be communicated, but you could maybe make a case that there's some anger towards God being expressed in the whole thing of this is what God should have done. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But it's, I mean, one of the most powerful moments, not powerful, like it makes me cry, but just a cool, ooh, man, the mystical power kind of moments in the movie is when the swastika burns off of the crate that the Ark is held in. Yeah, it's just like, you just kind of get a little chill, like, oh, they're messing with something bigger than they are and something more ancient that, is not scared of the Nazis. Is <laughs> <laughs> not to be trifled with. Yeah, exactly. Well, that actually brings us to our next uh, category of fight. We might as well just get into it here. To solve the last one, Ben's absolutely right. The movie's about, is Indiana Jones going to survive in any given moment? It's, 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 it's a funny movie. And is he going to save the woman he yeah. loves? Ner- nerds can take a long walk in the sticks. Is the movie a good depiction of divine power or a bad depiction uh. of divine power? I'm going to have us argue this. Jake, I'm going to have you argue that it's a good depiction. A good depiction. Of okay. divine power. All right. I will argue that it's a bad depiction of divine power. I will have you go first. Okay. Because, <laughs> because I can. Um, all right. On your mark, get set, go. What's cool about the movie in its depiction of divine power is that it does something that few movies are willing to do, which is display the wrath of God against evil in a way that is scary, in a way that's frightening, in a way that feels unhinged, untamable, outside of man's ability to control or manipulate. The only thing Indiana Jones can do is say, Marion, close your eyes and do the most respectful thing he possibly can and hope that God has mercy on him. Meanwhile, the wrath of God is poured out on the wicked Nazis. And what's cool about how it's done is that it discriminates between them. It's not just like, they're all struck dead. It's not just like, no, all the B Nazis who are just guys in boots, uh, they just get obliterated. But then we have the special torture Nazi gets his face melted off horrifically and you know somebody else's head or Bellick's head blows up mm-hmm. and because that's what fits right he's a proud guy so his head explodes he's to try the torture to, guy gets your way out of time but I'm letting you continue his face melted off right 
And so it's just sort of like this gruesome, horrific, don't you dare trifle with God. And the impression that it leaves on you uh, as a kid is God, the God of the Bible, is not a God to be trifled with Mm -hmm. or messed with. And so you could argue that um, since you're giving me free time, I'm going to go and try to hedge my argument as much (laughs) as I can. You could argue that such displays of wrath and judgment shouldn't even be in 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 movies but in terms of what we've ever seen in a movie i would put raiders of the lost ark up against almost anything uh, against the 10 charleston heston's 10 commandments against almost anything yeah well i hate to do this but i actually sort of agree with you on on this um a little bit so but you haven't presented an opposite case yet Uh, crap (laughs) ben you present the opposite case i know you're uncomfortable with this scene One, two, three, go. Well, the opposite case is what you so helpfully uh, alluded to, Jake. Yeah, God's God's divine wrath from heaven doesn't need to be seen on screen. We don't need to have it poured out, you know, in special effects. Um, Because it's holy and it's it's a hidden thing and trying to pick the supernatural power of God just cheapens it. The real argument to make, if I can just jump in and pile on, is that the movie is guilty of doing exactly what the Nazis did, which is trifle with God. Right. Okay. Let's look in. And, yeah, and yeah, cheapen. Yeah. That's better. Cheapen and say, let's let's look into the divine mysteries. Mm. Let's look into the hidden secrets of God here. It's what they were trying to do. And they opened the ark and did their, had Belloc. We, we as viewers are not asked to close our eyes. That's right. That's right, yeah. That's right. Sort of like the are you not entertained problem of Gladiator. Right. Well, we are kind of entertained, actually. Which is the whole point. Right. And so we're going to, I'm going to use my imagination to open up for you the mysteries of God in such a way that is a little terrifying and shows you that you should not ha- uh, look into the mysteries of God, but it's uh, it's self-contradictory. And, and so, I, I mean, I, I actually do agree with my argument that it is on maybe one of the best depictions of such things on film, but should such things be depicted like that on film? That's a different question. Yeah, I don't know where exactly I land. You also have the verses about not reviling angelic majesties and the... It's depicting angelic beings. Yeah. And then the fact that Spielberg puts himself in the position of God by discriminating between the Nazis and Indy and Marion... Who are not the greatest people in the world. Who are, it turns out, not the greatest people in the world. Marion's a brash, brassy drunk. Yeah. And Indy's not a good guy. And But I love the idea. I, absolutely, of, I, I actually kind of love that because I love the idea that, no, they're not any better, but the one thing they are is reverent. The one thing they do is they close their eyes, and that's yep. what saves them. I think that's, yeah, and that's Indiana, good writing. Yeah, right Indiana there. Jones, at the end of the day, I think when we were at a certain point when we were writing or working on our are not to break the third wall here, but when we were writing and working on our popcorn coalition sketch, mm-hmm. um, one of the things we were talking about sort of including was just the idea that, you know, Sp- Spielberg, you know, he really gets that deep down, everybody's religious and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and Indiana Jones, even deep down he knows that, which is a point that people would obviously want to make. It is what he's doing mm. is, you know, deep down Indiana Jones for all of his veneer of skepticism, the thing that keeps him going um, and the thing that makes him say, close your eyes, is that he's a, he's a God-fearer deep down, and that's part of what... That's part of what makes him a good hero, actually. I think that, that takes us back to our first argument. <clears throat> I think that's one of the things that you end up liking about Indiana Jones, which gets cheapened a little bit in the sequels, where you, feel, where you end up finding out, well, Indiana Jones just respects every crummy, supernatural, occultic object out there, including demonic Indian sacred stones and... and I think that, Crystal, crystal skulls, skulls of and yeah. all that kind of capitated stuff. aliens. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'll just be honest. I don't know exactly where I fall on the whole thing. There is something that makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm thankful that we don't hear the voice of God. Like in the Ten Commandments, when we hear Cecil B. DeMille do the like, do the voice and say, Moses, come here. That to me actually does make me more uncomfortable than Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't like hearing the voice of God on film or the seeing the face, seeing an actual depiction. This might be my favorite depiction. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, this might be my favorite depiction of divine power. It's it's nice that it's scary. I like that it discriminates. <laughs> and I like that Indiana Jones is reverent and that's how he wins. All right, Ben, you're going to argue that the opening scene is the best. Jake, you're going to argue that the truck scene's the best. 
And I'm going to argue that the basket scene's the best. Because <laughs> someone has to. <laughs> or maybe I'll decide the bar scene's the best. I don't know. I'm going to argue for some dopey third scene. What about the airplane scene? Yeah, I'm going to argue for the airplane scene. That's, That's a good better. idea. That, that is the, probably the best other one. So, yeah. okay, Ben. But the basket scene gets to include the swordsman. Well, do you want to argue for the basket scene? If you want to argue, if you want to be the, if you want to abandon the truck and the opening scene, then you can have the basket scene. If I'm going to be the third guy, then if I'm going to take the hard one, I'm going to- Somebody better take the truck. We have opening scene, truck, and and third thing. Whoever chooses to do something that's not opening scene or truck is allowed to choose what it is Okay, I'll do the third thing and I'll do the the basket scene. Okay. I'll do, what did I give Uh, you? Opening scene. Okay. You want opening scene or you want truck? I don't care. Opening scene's fine. All right. Ben, go ahead for the opening scene. Uh, one, two, three, go. Well, the opening scene is is the coolest set piece because it gets built up by the mysterious prelude as a man in a hat walks through the jungle. Anyway, you get to see Indiana Jones introduced as someone really cool in really mysterious circumstances, and then you get to watch him run this gamut of death, all of these ancient booby traps in this really cool tomb. And I just remember as a kid how that scene was one of my favorite things to see. And I think I think it still is when you're first introduced to Indiana Jones. How's he going to navigate this? How's he going to navigate that? Oh, no. Everything's falling down around him. How will he survive? The other guys die. Anyway, it just keeps going and going. And it ends with him uh, getting double-crossed and having to make another impossible escape on his plane. And... I don't know. It just it it sets up the character perfectly. It sets the tone for the whole movie. Uh, you came in under time, and it ends Yay. with the perfect joke of he's scared of snakes, and the guy says, "Show a little backbone." Oh, that's right. After he showed tons of backbone, and uh, uh, yeah, 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 I should have pointed that out. Oh, well. And my favorite moment: no fear of spiders. He's, he's oh, a, that's right. No fear of spiders. I'm afraid of spiders. Oh, I am so. too. I remember. Oh, yeah. that was always creepy. So yeah, yeah, you get you get all kinds of stuff. You get the creepiness. You get the mystery. You get the humor. You get the I'm barely going to survive this, but I will survive it. And just the little touches, like I'm going to grab my hat before that thing crushes oh, my. Yeah. It's just the hat grab is always stuck with me. As like that's a hero right there. He's not just getting out of here. He's getting out of here with his hat. Yeah, and the way he uses his whip. Yeah, it's all all of that stuff. It establishes every. It does thing that's iconic about yeah. him. All right, well, I'm going to argue for the truck chase here. Uh, one, two, three, go. The truck chase is awesome. It's just an escalating series of, um, oh, what's the word? Shoot, I'm running out of time, and I, I don't have the vocabulary in the front of my brain here. Set up and pay off. That's what good action scene, and that's what the Bourne movies and things like that will never understand, Is it, or, or even the Marvel when it's at its worst. It's just like an action scene is not a series of things, of, of fast-paced things that happen. It's about setup and pay-up. It's about problem-solving. It's about clearly establishing, here's what the Nazis are doing now. How is Indiana Jones going to respond? We, as, uh, as the audience, have a, a second to register, like, oh, this is a problem. How is he going to solve it? And then he solves it and in a clever or ingenious way or through some daring do. And that scene is just one of the best car chases, I think, of all time because it just is a series of, okay, there's guys on the side. Now I'm going to knock them off with the branches. Now there's guys on the front. Oh, now the guy's punching my wound. Now I'm driving these guys off the ridiculous cliff. And there's just moment after moment. And then it culminates with that great real stunt of the guy sliding under. And I think it's fun that it's obviously not Harrison Ford. I mean, it's just like special effects in a certain way. I'm giving myself more time here. Have ruined these things because it's always going to look like Harrison Ford now, which is great. It means you can stay in the movie. But there's also something really to be said for, oh, that's just some stunt man, And he's crawling under a fast moving truck right now. That's really cool. So I love all that stuff. I think it's one of the best action scenes, not just in this film, but period. Maybe the best car chase scene ever. You could argue Fury Road. You could argue Matrix Reloaded. You could argue, uh, what else could you, what are the other great car chases? You could Motorcycle argue, chase from Mission Impossible Fallout. Doesn't even come close. Love it, but not in the same running with the things I, I just mentioned. I thought I did a good job making the case. You, you made a good case. It's a worthy it, 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 uh, it is, scene. It's great. It's a good scene. <laughs> it's, it's one of the best action scenes maybe of the past 10 years, but the classic chases to my mind are the end of Road Warrior, the entire thing of Fury Road, Indiana Jones, Chuck Truck Chase, and there was one other thing. Oh, Matrix Reloaded. Actually, not a great movie, but great, 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 great car chase. Brought tears to my eyes the first time I saw it, and that's not a joke. But I think Indiana Jones, while it's maybe the simplest of all those, might be the best just in terms of construction. It's like it's it's its own, much like the opening scene, it's just its own classic little mini movie and it's just so much fun and the music and the just everything about it is 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 great so jake 
you get to argue for the basket scene per your request. <laughs> so yeah, I, I dug this hole and I'm going to climb down and find buried treasure in it or something. All right. Now just a hedge. The trek scene is better than the basket scene <laughs> because it really obviously is. Okay. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, go. Okay, a couple things about the basket scene that make it set apart. One, there's a real stake for Indiana Jones. It's just not himself in his own survival, and it's Marion. And so it's more complex than the other scenes. It's not Indy versus the world. It's Indy trying to stay alive while protecting Marion, who's getting diverted and chased down different alleyways. And Indy. And so you're in this exotic place, which is new and fun and foreign and there's not like booby traps everywhere but there are bad guys around every corner so that's cool and that's fun and it's got as nathan says is essential lots of uh setup and payoff you know they got the skillet joke and then whoops she's gonna go into the doorway and then you hear the gong and you see the guy fall um you got the monkey you've got the baskets uh lots of things are happening all at once it's a great big sort of puzzle thing in the and it's scored as a comedy scene which makes it sort of funny and exciting and you know almost three stooges ish so it's funny it's not as dramatic but a lot's going on um it it has the greatest joke in the whole movie and one of the greatest jokes of my childhood which is the guy whipping that sword around and indy pulling out his gun and just shooting him. Swordsman versus the marksman. You're way out of time, but I'm letting you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it has that, you know, that great sort of classic Spielberg moment where Indy's running around and he's going to try to find her and you get the screen, the close up of Indy's face and you see that he's shocked and dismayed. And then we see what he's seeing, which is hundreds of people carrying a basket all over the place. And she gets loaded up supposedly into a truck and then it blows up and it ends, this great big comedic scene ends with this really tragic moment for Indiana Jones where he thinks that Marion's dead. And we think that Marion's dead. Maybe we do. Probably we don't. I don't actually remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. That was a very noble attempt, and that is a good scene. But also, <laughs> me, me and or Ben win. <laughs> I mean, it's a great scene. Uh, the- it seemed to me easier to defend than the... Any of the other set pieces? I think the reason I was going to go for the, whatever, the the airplane fight with the, is because... Just maintaining that tension and it's drama. It's so tense. Oh, and yeah. The propellers really do... Yeah, that's the case that you make, is that the rotating propellers, it allows you to focus in. It's just him and one guy, and yet the plane rotating with the propellers... And Marion shooting everyone. And Marion shooting really everyone as, and yeah. keeping everyone away, allowing it just playing that dance of Indy versus the really great big guy. Well, and the music is telling you Indiana Jones might die, whereas in the the basket basket scene, it's like, we're having fun, which is fun in its own way, but it just doesn't feel (laughs) Well, I think that's part of what makes the basket scene, the basket chase, basket game, whatever people call that whole sequence, so fun and compelling is that it didn't have to. It could play comedy. It could play it as comedy and still have a lot of tension and payoff and good jokes and yeah it's a great scene and it, it, it does end with an effective emotional moment but it does not have indiana jones driving a truck full of a car full of nazis off the world's most incongruously long cliff <laughs> 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 i love that cliff it's just an obvious matte painting but it's great <laughs> that, that cliff alone i think wins the truck scene but uh the opening scenes obviously Movie Indiana Jones. It's pretty iconic. I'm just gonna say it. Got a lot of good action scenes in that movie. Almost done here. Got two more fights to go. Marion would make a fantastic wife. (laughs) I want you to argue that. Wife that. Have we have we had a showdown yet? We did. Oh boy, what did we do? I'll I'll argue that Marion would make a terrible wife. All right. Uh, (laughs) You can go first. (laughs) Thanks, Nathan. One, two, three, go. Well, Marion would be a great wife. For starters, she's really beautiful. Let's see what else can we say. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> she's she's smart. She's spunky. Um, she's she's actually pretty tenacious. She's loyal. She she loves Indy, even though he's betrayed her in the past. And she seems ready to. Uh, this is gonna shock people, but she you know she even though she's brash and stuff, she seems to want to submit to him. And it's just like if she would just. <laughs> That's right. If she would just, if if he would just exercise some good leadership. 
<laughs> I'm glad that you agreed with it. <laughs> She's ready to be his helper. That's right. She's ready to be his helper. Fighting the Nazis, going across the world, whatever it is. And so she just she just needs like like some good leadership, a good a steady hand, Nathan. Um Oh boy, time's up, Ben. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, one, two, three, go me. Talk about I think the kids call it project dating. Like if I was just a, if I was just a great man to this woman, then she, uh, she'd be great. <laughs> when does she ever submit to? She's she's bold, she's brash, she's shrewish. She says, "I'm gonna come with you on this adventure. You can't get rid of me. I'm not gonna give you the medallion. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna ever do anything that you want or that you say. I'm always gonna be mad at you for getting us into situations that you had absolutely no control." Control. I'm gonna say get away from me and almost run into a pit of, of snakes when I should probably just hang back and, and, and let you lead this situation <laughs> she, she, she learns over the course of the film I don't even know that she's that pretty I just think Marianne's kind of a zero that's not true that's an exaggeration that's hyperbole I don't know she just came, seems like kind of a, a, a brat and I would not think that she would make a very good wife she was willing to let Indiana Jones deflower her earlier in their uh, relationship which and then she's angry with him about it and I guess that's fair but still the whole situation is completely messed up she doesn't seem to be, have any respect for her dad she just calls him Abner I'm letting myself go over even though I stopped you cold in your oh, tracks man yeah she doesn't seem to have any respect for anyone least of all Indiana Jones she definitely does want to sleep with him later on even though they're not married and she has every reason not to trust that he's going to be any kind of a good relationship and so I'm just wow. gonna say Marion Ravenwood, not good wife material. Eh, yeah, you, yeah, you win. Jake, your thoughts. I think Ben's, you Ben's giving it to me pretty easy. Eh. Yeah, well. I don't feel like defending her very much. She's my favorite of, I mean, if they were going to have Indiana Jones marry one of them, I guess it'd be Marion. Well, the only Elsa? other choice would be uh, Elsa, the Nazi chick that tried to betray him and uh, screechy nightclub singer lady. So, yeah, it's not that hard of a not choice. Not screechy nightclub singer lady. Okay. All right. Ben? I'm going to have you argue for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm. I'm going to argue for Temple of Doom. Jake, you're going to argue for Last Crusade. I guess we'll just go in chronological order here. Sure. That'll be easiest. Ah. I don't feel like ah. I'm doing Ben a disservice. So is Temple of Doom going first then? Mm, no. We'll go in release order. Real I didn't even know that Temples of Doom was earlier. It's a, it, is, it actually is a prequel, and that's a very good point. But we will I go in. I didn't even know that. We will go in IRL release or uh, chronological order ben one two three go well raiders of the lost ark is clearly the best movie because it has the most iconic scenes it sets up the hero it does it in a more classy way than either of the sequels do well i guess there's another sequel too we're not even gonna talk about in this fight um but why would we anyway so so it's we've already said all the reasons why it's great it has all these iconic scenes it has an iconic hero it does things in a way that influenced movies for years to come in a way that it's its sequels never quite catch up to um maintaining the same pace uh in this in with the same amount of interest doing doing the character the same service giving him action scenes that are ever quite as good or making the conflict seem as intense. I mean, he fights the Nazis again, I guess, in Last Crusade, but it's just, it feels like a warmed over Nazi fight or something. The first one is the only one that feels like, hey, these villains, these villains, there's something raw, or there's something like that matters to the filmmaker, really. That's what it feels like. Time. Do you want to say anything to finish your argument? Yeah. Nah. It's just better. Yep. All right. I'm going to argue for Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, really super underrated movie, does a lot of different things. And some of that, the, the difference is that it's gross and it's dark, but it's different. And I really think this is not just for the sake of argument. This is my honest opinion. It's sad that the movies got away from, I think Last Crusade is a very safe movie and I did love it as a kid but as an adult I can't help but think this is basically just a Raiders remake and then King uh, Crystal Slickall again basically just another Raiders remake and if they do a f fifth one I'm sure it'll be a Raiders remake but Temple of Doom had George Lucas just being a weirdo or whatever it was they decided to take a different kind of pulp movie the, the Impregnable Fortress kind of movie where there's some bad guys with a hidden cult and it's like we can actually put Indiana Jones in a different situation we can still have a lot of the great elements but it's really exciting and fun and interesting to actually see 
if I was gonna turn any of them on, I've seen Raiders a bazillion times, don't really need to see it again. Last Crusade has limited rewatch value once you're an adult and you kind of know all the jokes. Crystal Skull, just not that great. Temple of Doom, really interesting and fun. It's, it, he, it starts out with him in a white tuxedo in a nightclub, trying to get a vial of, from his poison. It's just, it's always doing something different, putting Indiana Jones in these new situations. It actually feels like what you want a good sequel to do, which is continue the story, but also give you something new. And I know that, I'm, I've gone over my time here, but um, famously, Lucas wanted the third Indiana Jones movie to be a haunted house, and then he wanted the fourth one to be Saucer Men from Mars. They didn't do the haunted house in in the the third one because uh, Spielberg had just done Poltergeist and wasn't too excited by that. They they sort of did Saucer Men from Mars and Crystal Skull, but they really just did they grafted that onto a Raiders kind of a story. I think Indiana Jones would be a much more potent and viable character. I, I like Last Crusade. I'm sure Jake's going to make a great argument for it. It's got a lot of fun elements, but. I think the idea of Indiana Jones actually going on different kinds of pulp adventures, like the first time he's fighting the Nazis to, and he's globetrotting, the second time he's infiltrating this occult world and you know making it out alive and saving the children, the third time he's not just fighting the Nazis again, he's in a haunted house. I just think, wouldn't it be fun if the character didn't always have to just do the Raiders of the Lost Ark shtick again and again and again? So I really think... Last Crusade's fine as a final movie, but it actually kind of represents them retreating back into formula in a certain way, and there's something a little sad about that. Whereas Temple of Doom may not get everything right, certainly no Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's a really fun, compelling, exciting, adventurous, risky, interesting movie. All right, Jake, Last Crusade. I'm not even going to turn on the timer because who are we kidding? Um, (laughs) Last Crusade, go! Okay, so the the genius of The Last Crusade is it builds on the previous two movies, takes out everything that's iconic and established, all of the things that work, recognizes that Indiana Jones deep down is a kid's movie and it's for kids. So it shaves away a lot of the things that, like you said, are shocking about Raiders or Temple of Doom that is are they're scary, too scary, too much. You just don't want let, to let your kids watch that sort of thing. Still has an edge to it and then tells a mature story about about Indiana Jones gives the backstory and pays off, you know, the whip and the hat and the persona and the snakes at the beginning um, and the quest for, you know, where does Indiana Jones come from and where is he headed? And it turns it into a story about his father and his relationship to his dad in pursuit of the Holy Grail, which in the movie is just a symbol for being restored in his relationship to his dad and yet plays on all of the great Arthurian iconography and mythology, all this great stuff is behind Last Crusade that gives it this added aura of power and ancient power and mythology. It's just, it pulls so many things together that, you know, Temple doesn't play on anything that's familiar. That's what's cool about it is that it's weird and otherly. But what Last Crusade does is it takes what Raiders got right, which is this sort of the shared stuff that we all have that's familiar it amps everything up to 11. It gives us Sean Connery's best performance ever, all time in any movie, as Henry Jones Sr. You're not incorrect about that. So there's just so much to love. And if you go back through it and just think about all the little moments, it's funny, it's charming, it's classic Indiana Jones, they are callbacks to the other movies all throughout. And it does so with while adding a, a vibe of sweetness and innocence that the other films don't have. And while adding a dose of maturity and uh, depth to the character of Indiana Jones. He's not just some stock action hero. Uh, He's a man with a dad and a relationship to a dad. And all of that works, and it works really well on screen. And then they go riding off into the sunset, and it's beautiful. I agree. I I think the main argument against Last Last Crusade is that they made more movies. Last Crusade really made it so the movies had to be formula. And so I don't appreciate that about it. But in and of itself, as a final chapter, as a bookend, it's great. And the dad stuff is great. And the Holy Grail as a, I mean, he's going after the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is the Holy Grail of things that Indiana Jones could go after. (laughs) Right. Um, That's pretty great. And the Nazis are fun. And the tank chase was, was certainly an iconic action scene from my childhood. Yeah, it's a great movie. Brings back I'm sure Marcus Brody and Sala and... 
and does a successful job of making Marcus into a buffoon. Um, I say non-sarcastically. It's fun to yeah. see that. I think I bet, I bet a lot of our listeners have nostalgia for that movie and will probably agree with your arguments and disagree with my arguments for Temple of Doom. I do stand by them, though. I do think Temple of Doom is really, really an interesting movie and worth people going back. And, and it's got like that mine car scene is great. And, yeah, the mine car scene is awesome. And just seeing Indiana Jones go up against some truly awful horrible villains is kind of i mean not, not that the nazis are exactly slouches in the villain department but it's just fun to see him do something different it's the, it is actually the one that i find myself going back to these days the most just because i didn't watch it i didn't wear it out as a kid i think right and it's just fun to see young harrison ford doing something that i'm not quite as familiar with as the old friends that are raiders and crusade get all those beats memorized yeah exactly um but uh, but it is, if people are actually watching this movie for uh, advice on what to watch, Temple of Doom, of course, very famously gross and dark and not for kids. Although maybe for, you know, a certain kind of uh, older kid that, I don't know, I certainly enjoyed it when I was a cert- at a certain age, but we don't have to get into that. All right, guys. Winner. Oh, winner. Raiders. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Sword fighting on a giant wheel. Swinging with the monkeys. Yep, 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 yep. Giant ants. And the, the crystal skull. If there's one piece That's of right. occult iconography that we all love and are aware of and have grew up hearing about, it's the crystal skulls. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Oh, we need to be done. Should people watch Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's pretty fun. It is. Yep. Yep. It, uh, if, if you saw it as a kid, I will, tell you, I will say it's more violent than you remember. Yes, yeah. If you're is. going back to it as an adult or it's something that you're thinking about showing your kids... I'm not going to tell you whether you should or should not do that, but just know it will inevitably end up being more violent than you remember it being. Mm -hmm. True. And having a little bit more sexual innuendo than you probably remember. Also true. All right, guys. Well, as always, Sound of Sanity, engineered by Ben, produced by me, executive produced me and Jake. Rate us, review us on iTunes. It really helps us out. It's a nice free way to help us make this podcast and make it great and get the word out there, share it with your friends, all that stuff. And... Until next time. I have a bad feeling about this. Uh, until next time. Get off my podcast. Uh, till next time. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Uh, until next time. Yeah, I'll bet you do. Until next time. I know. Until next time. Great shot, kid. That's one in a million. Until next time. Hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Until next time. What we've got here is a Hollywood homicide. <laughs> That's not even a line from the movie, Ben. Oh, I, just, I figured it would have been. And, and Until next time. Never tell me the odds. Until next time. Look at this mosquito coast. <laughs> That's not a line from the movie. Until next oh. time. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Uh, wrong Indiana Jones movie, Jake. Until next time. It's like I always say. Blade Runner 2049. No, I, that's I can't be a line from the movie. Until next time. It's, it's not, not the years, honey. It's, it's the, the mileage. mileage. Okay. <laughs>